As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Um, I know it's actually been a little longer than I'd like to uh, have a podcast uh, episode. I try to get one out once every week, but I was really, really sick there for a while, had the flu, turned into bacterial infection, and just uh, just was bad. <laughs> I lost 15 pounds in a week and uh, was was holed up here in the house and cabin fever and all that stuff, but uh, better. And I have an awesome episode that I've been really looking forward to doing for quite a while, and I'm really excited to bring him on the show. He's a family member. He's a cousin, very close. Um, ever since even when we were younger and just continue to um, grow together as we got older and our kids are pretty much just, you know, same exact age, three weeks apart. And so they're really close, which is nice. And uh, he's just all around great guy, a true American hero, um, veteran of uh, the Coast Guard and currently a Philadelphia firefighter. So super proud to call him my cousin. So without further ado, here is Gary Pachi. Thanks for coming on the show, Cuz. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cuz. That was a great intro. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're going to get into um, your backgrounds and just currently, uh, you know, I kind of already mentioned a little bit about it, but, you know, it just gives people a little bit more detail of, you know, basically what kind of led you, led you to the point that you're at now and, um, you know, as a current active Philadelphia firefighter, but give people a little bit about the background, uh, what you've done along the way, and again, what's led you to now. Okay. Uh, well, uh, the, you know, our family, most, you know, a lot of people were in the military, so that was always in the back of my mind. And uh, at the time, it was like 97, 98. Um, there wasn't much going on for maybe some of the other military branches. Um, Coast Guard was always out there doing something. Um, and, you know, the law enforcement search and rescue really appealed to me. So, you know, I uh, signed up, I went through boot camp, I was stationed in uh, Florida for a little bit on the, uh, the Vetris and got to do some cool stuff. Uh, went out to school in uh, California for a couple months and then I got uh, stationed back in Philadelphia where I finished up my career. Um, 
Yeah, it was real rewarding. Uh, I got to meet a lot of great people, got to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, then after that, I got out uh, for a few years, went back to school. And then I was hired by the uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons as a correction officer. Did about a year and a half with them. <clears throat> and then uh, I got hired by the Philadelphia Fire Department. Uh, I've been there presently about 13 years. Uh, the last six in special operations and also on the uh, FEMA urban search and rescue team as a rescue specialist. So you're actually on a team for the FEMA or yes. because, because you're special operations, you're automatically in that. <clears throat> well, what they do is uh, like for Philadelphia, they're the sponsoring agency for Pennsylvania task force one under the FEMA team. Uh, <clears throat> so you go special operations. Ultimate goal is to put you on the uh, FEMA team. So we, you know, we, the training we get is uh, a lot of technical rescue and rope rescue, confined space, uh, structural collapse, uh, advanced like machinery and vehicle rescue, uh, trench rescue and water rescue. And then also uh, being in a squad company, we have hazardous material uh, technician level training. Yeah, I remember seeing all that stuff on the truck when I brought Jimmy down to, to check yeah. it out. It's a That's lot of stuff. Cool. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's cool always bringing the kids down to check it out. Yeah, it is. Those trucks are pretty amazing. Yeah, with all the gear that you guys are able to fit on there. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's always uh, the best way we fit it on, but we get it on there. Yeah, right. So, a lot of the stuff that you did in the Coast Guard probably helps you with all the FEMA stuff, right? Uh, like you know, some of the, the search and rescue aspects of it, like working in a smaller team. Uh, like in the Coast Guard, we you know we did a lot of uh, obviously. Uh, water rescues on, on small boats. So a big part of the FEMA rescue system is uh, water rescue. We go out and, uh, you know, a three-man team in a boat and, uh, you know, either do a recon, you know, different areas to see if we can find anybody or, you know, actually, you know, perform rescue or, you know, help, you know, assist somebody. Yeah. And so, you were, you were actually pretty active with all that, with all the hurricanes and all the weather that other places were getting around the country, right? I mean, you went to... Were you in Texas a couple of years ago, was it? Or yeah, then, I then the Carolinas I and then Alabama. Yep. Tell everybody a little yeah. bit about that. Uh, so last year I got deployed for Hurricane Harvey in Texas. Uh, we were there for a few weeks. Um, you know, it was a lot of, you know, water damage and searching houses and, you know, helping people out. Um, then after that, on our way home, uh, we were redeployed for Hurricane Irma in the Florida Keys. Uh, so we went down there and, help the sister, the people down there. And then uh, this past year, I was deployed for uh, Hurricane Florence in the Carolinas. Uh, that was a lot of water rescue type stuff. Um, and then I uh, came home after about a month. And then I was redeployed for uh, Hurricane Michael down into the uh, Panhandle of Florida, uh, helped uh, render assistance and perform uh, wide area searches. Uh, the air was pretty devastated. Uh, we were active. The whole time we were there, I think we were deployed for two weeks. We were working every day, like 14 hours, 14 hour days. So Jeez. Got, to lot, got, got to do a lot of good work. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it was great to see how, you know, fellow Americans help each other out, especially in, in such a disaster area. Yeah. And other guys you were telling me before, um, other guys were getting deployed from all around the, the country, right? I mean, you even had some New Jersey guys and. Was it yes. Boston or? 
Massachusetts has a team. Uh, it, it, it's it, how the system works is they have um, a kind of like because each almost each well once there's like 28 teams in a system, so each team is on like a board for certain months. The one team's up, you know, and then the next team, so forth. But when a major hurricane like that, they usually send all the teams out. And uh, we were we were working close to New Jersey where we actually uh, gave them a hand in their search grid because we were, we were flying through ours pretty good. Yeah. I remember you were telling me that you guys were like the first ones on the road getting ready to suit up and go out. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, uh, our leadership did a great job putting us in a good position to get some work out of it. Nice. Cool, man. Well, thank you for your, uh, service with all that. I mean, that's, that's huge. You know, I mean, you're, you're back just, you know, fighting fires every day, saving lives and then, you know, disaster strikes. And it, it is good. Like you say, you know, other people, just people helping people and people coming together from all across the country to, uh, to help those in need. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, I just feel lucky that I get to do it. You know, that being part of the FEMA team is, you know, the pinnacle of my career and, you know, it's just, it's an awesome thing. And there's, I want to say there's only 5,000 of us in the whole country. So it's, you know, it's a real big deal and I feel very honored to be part of it. Yeah. I'm Batman. And it takes, uh, it takes a certain type of person to do it. Right. I mean, it's just like, I'm, I would imagine that not every firefighter would get to do something like that. Right. Or is everyone, do you think in your opinion, fit to do that? Um, uh, it's kind of hard to say, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, it comes down to it was what you want out of your career. If you want to take that, you know, extra step and get the extra training and, you know, go, go above and beyond what's asked of you. Um, you know, I think, you know, anyone could be on the team in the fire service. It's just, I guess it just depends on what you want for your career. What about, physical, what about physical capabilities? Uh, I mean, you definitely have to be in shape, you know, cause you're, you know, we're treaching through like, you know, these areas when we're in the panhandle where trees are down, there's bushes everywhere. So you either you got to climb through everything and you're going back miles, you know, usually you, you walk a couple miles, what, what maybe take you at, you know, half hour, an hour. Now you're going through all this devastation. It's taking you a few hours to get back there. Right. You know, so you got to definitely have the strength and endurance to do it. Yeah. So. Um, well, I know you were training firefighters before right you started yeah. you were i think you, did you go for like a personal training certification yeah i uh, i got it through uh issa so how did that come about and why why did you decide to start training other firefighters well it's, it's kind of a funny story uh the guy who started the program he you know he, call, he calls you one day he's like hey man uh you know are you interested in you know being a personal trainer for the department he asked me because he knows, you know, I, I work out a lot and, you know, I try to stay fit. And I told him, I was like, well, I don't know if I have time, you know. So he calls, he's like, all right, well, I'll call you in a few months. We'll talk about it then. So he calls a few months later. He's like, all right, man, I got you set up for this uh, ISSA <laughs> personal training program. So I was like, all right, well, I'm already in it. So I might as well do it. So that that's basically how it started. So I was one of like, as we say in the Coast Guard, a plank owner of the program, meaning like we're one of the first members of it. Uh -huh. So that was pretty cool. So, but you're not doing it anymore. No, nah, I did it for about a year and a half. Okay. So what did you like about it? And why did you stop? Did the, did the program get shut down? 
No, it's still it's still it's going real strong now. They have you know a couple gyms they operate out of, and uh, you know it's it's going really good. And a lot of members are taking part in it, so it's it's a good good program for the department. Okay, so why'd you stop? Uh, it just um, you know, my son was getting more involved in his sports, and you know, there's more practices during the week. Uh, so it just it was hard to manage the time between you know being a firefighter, being part of FEMA, uh, you know, the family life and then, you know, the personal training. Yeah. So they, they were asking, you know, more time to be involved. And, you know, I just, I couldn't give it all, the all I wanted to. So how did you like training other people and, you know, getting them ready to, uh, you know, have their bodies in the same, in the same shape as yours or, you know, get them more up to speed? with the type of workouts that you do, you know, did you, did you, well, one, I want to know how you liked it. And then two, did you give them a lot of the same things that you do because you guys are both in the same profession and trying to achieve the same goal? Or did you um, change up the workouts depending on the individual? Uh, One, uh, I enjoyed it uh, because you you got to see people, you know, put the time into it. You know, you see the big changes with them and they kind of change their whole, lifestyle you know they embraced the fitness lifestyle so that was always cool and you know there's a lot of guys that i got to train with that really made uh you know big differences in their lives um now uh it did, I, it just kind of depended on the each client especially like what they had access to because some people like a lot of guys i would try to take to the to my gym because we had you know the sled we had a tie we had ropes you know all that stuff so i tried to take there but if they you know, they didn't have access to that, then I would see what they had access to. And I would try to formulate, you know, a plan that was still functional, but yet that they could use. So you were um, developing a plan that they could do on their own, or you were still actually, you were still training them, but then giving them things to do on their own as well? Yes. And it, it just all depends because some people just wanted a plan and, and a, like a nutrition guide without like me being with them. And mm-hmm. then other people wanted me to train with them. What percentage of people you think weren't training before they signed up for doing the training with you? Like, I mean, I'd imagine, you know, a firefighter needs to keep themselves in shape. I mean, you got all that. I mean, how, how, how heavy is the gear? Just the gear alone. Uh, um, with the tanks. Well, the, the, uh, air tank is probably, well, I would say all together, depending on like your personal stuff, it could be anywhere from like 70, 70 to 100, 100, pa- 100 pounds you got on you. Yeah. I mean, just that, even just walking around with that is tough. You know, yeah. Because I'll walk to the farmer's market with the weight vest that you gave me years ago, and that'll have like 35, 40 pounds in it, depending on the day. And just walking is more challenging. You know what I mean? Because you're just carrying yeah. around more weight. But then yeah. you're climbing with that on, and then you're, you know, moving around or picking other, you know, picking out some, somebody up or swinging an ax uh, or something like that. So you're now you're doing more than just walking. I mean, I, when I think of that, I'm like, you got to keep yourself physically fit. How many people weren't doing what they should have been doing technically, quote unquote, however you want to, you know, word it. I mean, nothing against them, you know, because we're not naming names either, but it's right. like, how many, how, what percentage of people in your opinion, probably weren't doing what they really needed to do to meet the demands of their job. 
I mean, I don't have an exact percentage, but I'm going to say it's a big percentage. More than 50%? Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. That's really big. So, yeah. I mean, that's awesome that you were able to actually change their lives. And do you, do you, do you still talk to them even though you're not training them anymore and see that they've stuck with it and stuck with that lifestyle? Oh, yeah. Especially uh, the one guy in my, my platoon, he's, he's a straight savage now. So, you know, I see him all the time and, you know, he's doing really good, you know, and, so he, you know, dropped a lot of weight, you know, he's toned up and, you know, he's a machine on the fire ground. So his, his job got even better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Did you ever have a talk with him throughout the time or like, where, where do you think his motivation came from to, to do that, to get him, to get himself better? <laughs> Maybe he saw access to a free trainer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is... <laughs> That, that is definitely, but to stick with it, right? I mean, like, so for example, where does your motivation come from besides, besides just meeting the demands of your, of your, uh, environment for the working out? I mean, cause even if you stopped being a firefighter one day, right, you're still going to train, you're still going to work out, you're still going to keep yeah. yourself healthy and strong, but where does that, yeah. where, what's the reasoning behind it? Where's that motivation come from for you? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I've always been in sports and always been the working out. So it's just always been ingrained in me, but now even more so it's setting an example for my son, you know, you know, we waking up early and, you know, like everyone says, you wake up early and you show your discipline, you, you know, you work hard and cause yeah, every goal is on the other side of hard work. So, you know, that, I guess the biggest one now, I anyway, mean, besides the job aspect and being healthy for my family is, you know, setting a good example for my son. You know, especially uh, he's coming up, you know, he's six now, you know, he's in, big in sports and he's, you know, sooner or later, he's going to be able to, you know, hit the weights and work out more. So I want to show him that I've been doing it. Now you can do it. You know, I'm not asking you to do something I've never done. Right. Yeah, that's good, too, because a lot of people say that they want more for their kids, better life than they had or, you know, whatever that looks like. More money, better house, better life. But. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking somebody to do something and you're like, yeah, I want, I want my kids to be strong, but we don't spend the time getting ourselves strong, then it's a little hypocritical. I really like what you said yeah. there. You said every goal is on the other side of hard work. Yeah, I, and I believe that. I mean, you know, I'm sure you know, everyone says something like that, but it is like you you set your goal and you, you just work hard. And, you know, because I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the strongest. I'm the most athletic, but I work hard to, you know, try to accomplish my goals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's a huge motivator, you know, to have, to have your son be the motivation, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, because yeah, like, you, because like I was saying, if you ever, if you ever left the fire department or your situation ever changed or something like that, right? So if you're only, if you're only letting it dictate what you do based on maybe your current job or your current situation, you know, like for me, um, you know, I have my studio right downstairs. Well, if I didn't have my studio right downstairs, what would that look like for me? You know, like, would I, would I just stop? Right. Would it just be someone just like turn and, you know, turn around and be lazy and be like, well, I don't have that anymore. So they're going to use that as an excuse to, you know, give up. Um, right. But when you use your family, cause I use my family as, as a big motivator too, you know, it was like training with sandbags and training, you know, putting heavy things on top of my body and trying to walk with it and carry with it. It's like, well, if I ever need to pick my wife up and, throw her over my shoulders yeah. and walk with her, yeah. you know, then it's like, you need to physically be able to do that. So I like using Matt family as motivation too. When it also comes down to the simple fact is like, 
you know, hopefully it never happens, but, you know, unfortunately you hear about, you know, things, you know, in the news that, you know, God forbid one day you might have to defend your family. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to defend my family. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's they get out safely, you know, or all of us, either way, the number one concern is them getting away safely. Right. So. And just having the ability to do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Cause it's like, yeah, you, you might never, you might never have to do that. God forbid. But, you know, even yeah. if your house catches on fire, you know, something that m- might, you know, have a, a higher probability, you know, there's a the house fire or something like that. And you have to carry someone out, even if even if it's not as extreme as, you know, they pass out from the smoke, but maybe they sprain their ankle trying to run or something like that. And they get hurt or they hurt their leg yeah. and you have to be there to help. You know, I mean, just some, yeah. something like that where it doesn't necessarily yeah, have definitely. to be life or death, but it's this person needs help well, and you need to be strong yeah. enough and, and physically capable enough to help them. That's huge, you know. But that that still could be if they sprain their ankle, they can't walk. That's still life and death because if they don't get out fast enough, the smoke's going to get them. So True. you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you see so many fires all the time. You know what I mean? Like just things will just start from you know from little things sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's uh, like I remember one. It was it was a pretty bad one uh, a couple years ago. Uh, we, we responded, you know, as a squad company, we, you know, we do special operations, but we also, um, you know, we can come in as a, a engine company because we have water on the truck. When we pull up this house, three story, heavy fire, second and third floor, uh, the lady, you know, she's the way she just tells me her son is up there. You know, I knew because a lot of people say nonsense, like, oh, there's kids in there. But just the way she looked at me and said it, I knew her kid was up there. So I, I had the, uh, you know, the hose line and, uh, you know, come flying up the steps, fires meet me coming down the steps, knock that down, come around, knock down the hallway, knock down the first room, knock down the second room, come around to the front. And uh, it was a wind driven day. Mm-hmm. The fire just blew right on me and it, it lit, you know, lit me up pretty good. I got burned pretty good and it blew, kept blowing back on me a few times and uh, I, you know, I don't know how many times, but you know, I got, you know, I wound up getting second degree burns on my both sides of my head, my neck, and my thumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way I was able to put it out is I kind of I knocked it down and I jumped in the room and knocked down the rest of it. Um, then I had to make my way to the third floor, knock down that fire. That's where we found the kid by the window, which was you know pretty crappy. But the reason I'm telling this story is because they had a candle by the window. And oh. the wind was so strong that day, it blew and then it just caught the rest of the house, you know, and, and the father, um, cause there was a bunch of kids living in the house. He was dropping the kids out the back window onto like a little porch, porch front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he got all the kids out except for his own son. And he didn't know that. And his son was right next to the window. Cause you can't see anything in all that smoke. So, I mean, he did a heroic, you know, heroic actions, you know, and just unfortunately his son, you know, didn't make it. And, you know, I could never imagine that, you know, and he did everything he could. Wow. So the kid made it? No, no, we, you know, when I saw that fire load, like we, we made the you know best push we got and, you know, and uh, we found him like by the window. Wow. So the dad was actually putting other kids out the window. And his own yeah. son was right next to that exact same window that the kids were going out of or a different room. Yeah. Same room, same, same window. 
He just he, he got overcome by the fire and the smoke, and you know he thought they were all outside. You know. Wow. So, but it, I knew. I mean, I knew just from my experience that the you know the unless the kid was outside somewhere, he he wasn't gonna, he wasn't making that. You know, but you got to you know when kids are about that's you know a little bit more. You know, you re- I mean, you always give all you have, but with the kids, that's when you go way above and beyond. Yeah. So. Wow. That's a shame. I think I remember yeah. that fire. I remember remember those burns that you had, but I don't yeah. know if I knew the whole story. Because that, yeah. that sounds that sounds crazy. Yeah. So you mentioned that <clears throat> you get up early. How do how do you start your day? What time what time is early for you? And do you actually encourage uh, do you encourage the little man to get up at the same time as you? Uh usually like if he's got school. You know, I want him to sleep in a little later. Yeah. So I'll get up like five thirty, six o'clock. It's not super early, but you know, it's good for for me. And uh, you know, I wake up usually, you know, say a couple prayers or whatever, and then you know, uh, get you know, I already have my workout stuff already laid out. You know, if it's my day off, you know, all my stuff laid out. Mm-hmm. You know, I get his stuff all ready for the night before. You know, for school. You know, and uh, get up. You know, do what I have to do. Get ready. Wake him up. You know, and then uh get him ready, drop him off at school. Then I either hit the gym, go for a run or uh, hit up uh, jujitsu. So do you do anything in between there? Like you said, you get up five thirty, six o'clock. Will you eat anything before you get him up and out to school? Cause then it's, it's probably like, what time, what time are you waking him up? Probably wake him up around like seven. Okay. So that's a good hour and a half to hour. Yeah before yeah. so what are you doing in between there to kind of get yourself ready uh, for the day or you get yourself you know ready to work out right after you drop him off at school because then you're like two hours in right two hours into your day yeah yeah so what's so what's that look like are you eating or are you taking any supplements or what are you doing uh well, what i'll do is uh you know i'll eat something like usually i'll eat like some oatmeal with uh organic honey some organic app and then uh that'll help fuel you th- through your workouts yeah, but I also I take um, the Vega uh, protein shake. It's like mostly vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like a pea-based protein. So I take that. You know, get some vegetables in me, and then uh, you know, get them off, and then you know, go hammer it out. Yeah. So what? So if you are going to go to the gym, right? The, the jujitsu, you said. Or go for a run. Yeah. But what are the what do the actual yeah. workouts look like? You mentioned earlier when you were talking okay. about the personal training, it was like the sled, ropes. Okay. So what does that look like? So, so usually I do like uh, like a metcon metabolic conditioning. So like for example, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I use a sled a lot. So I you know put my fifty pound vest on. You know, depending if I want to do more fire based type workout or do I want more of a speed workout, so if the vest is on or not. So kind of like it's a, you know, push the sled up. How do you, you, know, how do you dictate floor. that? How do you dictate that? Is it based on how you feel that particular day or is it based on, you know, well, last week I did this, so this week I'm going to do this, or is it just you kind of base it like workout to workout? I, I kind of base it workout to workout. Um, yeah, I kind of do it that way. Okay. And then, uh, so like the the sled runway I have is, is a basketball court, so whatever that is, 80 feet or whatever, so – you know, I'll push it up and then, uh, you know, either 
drag like for one example like the one we did the one day you know we push it up and drag it back Mm -hmm. you know as a partner workout or you know i'll push it up and then i'll have like uh i'll do something down there whether it's like sit-ups or like a simulation of like uh you know i get the 45 pound bar and act like i'm you know ripping down ceilings um and then i'll you know drag or push it back and then i'll do the, the tire sledge hits or you know carry you know up and back with like about 225 pounds mm-hmm. using like the hex bar. Um, so I just try to think of, you know, all type of like movements I may do on a fire ground. You know, I grab a 45 pound plate, hold her above my head. Like I'm holding a, a metal cutting saw, like cutting a, a roll up door, security door. Mm-hmm. So I walk up and back with that. So it's just, you know, you know how it is. It's only limited by imagination. You're going to do, you know, what you're going to do with. So, yeah. And you go bigger than lighter, or you do a little mix of both? Uh, for what, the Metcons? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because the sled, it, if I'm doing like a whole Metcon, usually I'm only have like 90 to 100 pounds on it. Okay. Uh, so the heaviest thing would probably be the, you know, the carry. But if I'm doing more of like, I guess, a power sled workout, then, you know, put the put more weight on there yeah make it heavier but it's you know then i'll i'll push it up then i'll rest like a minute or two and then push it back so so for someone who's listening to this and they they don't have something specific they're training for right um you know they're not in an active work environment like you are and you know all that stuff but still want to be healthy fit functional strong all that kind of stuff what would you recommend for that person what would you know how how would you how would you structure your workouts or would it be any different? You know, what would you do? Well, I mean, in fact, they are trained, they're training for life every day. Right. So yeah, they want to be functional. So then they want to, but yeah, exactly. They're still training for, for life. So, so would they have access to sleds or anything or nothing like that? Or, um, let's say it's just a regular gym. You know, they got dumbbells, okay. they got a barbell, and, uh, yeah, stuff like this. Okay. Maybe, you know, some cable machine. Okay. Uh, well, I, w- I would definitely make up uh, certain Metcons for them. Like, you, you know, you got all the ones that CrossFit does, but you can, you know, tailor to one. Like, the one uh, I did this morning was uh, – it was a pretty quick one. I did five rounds of uh, seven, like, uh, thick grip pull-ups, uh, 25 sit-ups, and then uh, – max black bend resistant uh push-ups and i did that and then uh after that i did um i kept the light with the deadlifts you know for strength i did like uh i think five by five uh and 315 for for deadlifts uh and also finished off i try to get two to three hundred uh push-ups and sit-ups per uh workout that i do um, and then, you know, finish off the, the pull-ups with about 60, you know, the wide grips or the, the thick grips. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, yeah, so I do something like that, you know, cause I, I, I believe, um, you need your functional strength also, you know, or, you know, you need, you need your deadlifts, you need your squats. Um, I'm a big proponent of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the work only squatting and bending and picking stuff up all day long, you know, or, you know, at least yeah. sometimes throughout the day. So yeah, that's huge. 
Okay. You know, and, That's cool. So it sounds like it would be pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just try to, you know, cause especially when I'm deployed, you know, when we do have access to the gym, they don't have a sled there. So I just try to like another go-to one of mine is, and it's pretty quick. It's a, like a 21, 15, nine rep stream where, you know, I use 225 deadlift and then I do, um, sit-ups, push-ups, and then for the kettlebells, you know, available, I use that. So, you know, 21 deadlifts, 21 kettlebell swings, 21 sit-ups, 21 push-ups, and then down to 15, down to nine. Yeah. So it's real real quick, and it's pretty good. So. You can't wait for your son to be able to work out with you. What's that? I said, I bet you can't wait for your son to be able to work out with you. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I look forward to it. So, I mean, you know – he already comes down in the studio with me and you know, he'll yeah. do his, we got this little, like it's not even a hex. It's like this ball, but size on it, it tells you what to do, you know? So you kind of make it into a little bolt on the floor and they'll say do 10 burpees or, you know, 15 push-ups or water burp. You know? Everybody loves the water burp <laughs> one, but, um, he'll just roll it on the floor and then he'll go do whatever it is. And if he doesn't know the movement, then he'll ask me, we'll do it together, stuff like that. So, you know, but I think that's so important that they, they, they see all of that. You know what I mean? That yes. They see us doing it so that this way they know, okay, well, this is just, this is just what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? This is really the, the way that you're supposed to do it. You know, like my, yeah. my son was telling me the one day he's, he's at school and he's doing push-ups just because they were bored. They're like, they get like this like little free time to get up and do whatever they want. And he's getting down on the ground and doing push-ups. But then these two other these two other kids, um, that's not how you do push-ups. And the one kid shows him, and he's like putting his hips on the ground, and he's like, looks like he's doing like the worm. And uh, Jimmy's like, no, that's <laughs> not how you do push-ups, you know. And then the other kid, I guess, was friends with the other kid. You know, the two other kids, they were they were friends with him. And the one kid's like, no, he he's right. That's how you do push-ups. He's like, he's like, doesn't I, I do them the right way? And he's like banging out like ten of them, and even his. Uh, gym instructor or his gym teacher called him out in class and had him do push-ups in front of everybody one day just to show him how to do it the right way and so i mean like little things like that it's just so important you know what i mean yeah you're absolutely right you know and and also i think it also helps where you get them in the working out now so this this is all they know and then you know it transpires to sports where they're learning the team you know atmosphere they're learning their discipline they're, you know they're learning all that good stuff and it's helping keep them away from trouble. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's such a big true. thing at being involved in that stuff. Yeah. Just keeping them out of trouble. Yeah. Because people that do that so, kind of stuff, I mean, like, you know, you know, well, he's going to be getting back into jiu-jitsu, right? Your son. He was off. Yeah, he's he already back. Yeah, he's back now after his uh, season of wrestling. So Right, because of wrestling. So he's like back and forth between the two. But, you know. Yeah kids that do that kind of stuff I, that nobody in my son's class and i don't know how it is for your, your place, but i know you go to a really good nice place it's like it doesn't seem like there's like a lot of bad seats in those types of places you know what i mean because it's a sport where you have to be humble or at least you should be humble right and right you know or as i say is be humble or get humbled yeah. <laughs> that should be on the t-shirt <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, that should be your next one. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's you're, 
you're getting your kid involved in something where it's like there, there's usually a mutual amount of respect on the mats. You know what I mean? And other people are trying to help other people. You know what I mean? So getting getting the kids in the right. I mean, I'm sure it's like that in other teams too. You know what I mean? There's basketball and baseball and other sports. But I've, I've, I think it's a little different in the combat sports. Because, you know, you, you're done, you know, you get done, you know, crushing each other and it's like always a hug afterwards. Like, yeah, I just think it's, you know, I just think it's it's more in 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 the combat sports. Me personally, that's a good point. Well, not a year yet, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like where he's going to be at after a year. And yeah. your boys, well, at least a year, right? Didn't he start at least a year or almost? Yeah, he started last year. Then it, you know he took his break for his second season of wrestling. And now he's back. So yeah, but it's not like he's doing nothing on his time off from jujitsu quote-unquote time off you know in case you're learning everything else in wrestling to get yourself even better for jujitsu so it's not like you're yeah he does because he'll do run in a soccer season and then uh, soccer he'll do soccer and jujitsu at the same time and then once wrestling comes up because it just takes you know it's just so time consuming he just he just wrestles yeah so that's cool what's um what's the big lesson that that uh I don't know. I feel like I feel like as as uh, as the boys get older, there's just like new things or new focuses, you know, that I feel like I have to have or not like a theme, you know, not like a theme of the month, nothing set in stone like that, but something that, you know, where before it was like, you know, hey, let's let's make your bed and have the discipline to like, you know, keep your stuff neat. And I feel like that's gotten a lot better. And now, you know, there's there's different themes that come up in different messages. Um, do you have anything like that or, you know, it's, it's something that you're working on with your son right now where it's like, Hey, you know, this is what we're trying to focus on, or this is what I'm trying to instill in them. Maybe it's because of a book that you were reading or just something that's coming up for him in life. Anything like that? Um, I mean, you know, it's just, it's always a battle with the discipline and the focus, you know, you know, they're, they're young. So they, they'll have, you know, I just saw, especially during the wrestling season, you know, uh, he, you know, he'd have, the, the weeks he was disciplined, you know, he'd go out there and, you know, he he put it all together. Then the other weeks where he's messing around a little bit, you know, he just, when it wasn't focused, mm-hmm. then, you know, he, he would get run over. Yeah. You know, and he didn't like to lose, but, you know, you get what you put into it. You know, you can't be get upset, you know, with your results if you didn't put the work into it. Mm-hmm. So I think, think that's where the big lesson now is just realizing, okay, well, you don't like that result. How much work did you really put into it? Yeah. You know, so, you know, he's, you know, he's seen it with school. He's doing really good in school. He's, you know, cause he's, he's got that down. Might mess around a little too much in school, you know, but they're boys. So. Yeah. And like I said, they're still young, you know, I mean, they're only six and a half right now. So it's like, exactly. You know, it's a maturity <laughs> yeah, thing. Too. Look, yeah. I'm sure we, you know, we, you know, I'm sure our parents or our, our moms would probably say, Oh, they were, they were perfect angels. Yeah, right. You know, you talk to our teachers, they, they probably have a different story. Yeah. But, you know, like, in, in the kids' defense, though, and in our defense when we were that young, you know, the, the school system, you know, where you're just forcing six-year-olds and seven-year-olds to sit still in a, in a chair and just yeah. and just learn in a in a passive environment where you're just feeding them information and then they're just sitting there trying to retain it and then apply it with a couple pieces of paper or, you know, some assignments that they're doing yeah. in class. That's really not how we're designed to learn. You know, I mean, most people learn when they're, when they're hands on anyway, 
You know what I mean? Correct. But it's like learning how yes. to cook by reading just a cookbook. You know I mean, like you got to <laughs> get in there and you got to do it. Yeah. You have to have that experience. Yeah. And then just to assume that six-year-olds are going to be okay and, and not label them with, you know, ADD or, or something like that. You know, all they, yeah. they got, yeah. they got learning disabilities or something like that. It's just like, yeah, those things do exist, of course, but we got to understand that that's not the type of environment that they're, that they really should be in from a logical primitive perspective, you know? And I agree. Cause it, if you ever sat in any of the trainings I ever been to, it always starts with your classroom work and then hands-on you look around at the guys in there, they're all like fidgeting. They're not paying attention because you're sitting there. That's why we have so many breaks during the training is because guys are losing focus and they're just like, I don't feel like sitting here anymore. Yeah. So give them a break, you know, and then you, you bring them back in and you know, they're refreshed. So yeah. Cause we you know. need that movement, you know? Exactly. We need that movement. When we stop moving, we're we're dead. Yeah, exactly. And you know the, you know, I can't remember if they were watching it. Yeah, they were. I guess because they were doing, I don't know, when the boys were just together a few days ago. Um, the fact that you know we're talking about movement, it just made me think of this. The fact that they have all these stupid go noodles <laughs> and these damn what the hell's that name of that game? Fortnite dances, you know, that all these uh -huh. kids are doing. I'll go pick up my son from school and they're all doing these Fortnite dances and, you know, like these little soft battles. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But they sit, they stand in front of the TV and we're still looking at the TV, but then yeah. trying to get movement in while they're looking at the TV. So I guess it's like the lesser of two evils, but it's like turn the TV off and just go move, you know? Yeah, go outside. Don't play, make you some know, war on the TV war. doing some, you know, dance. At the, yeah. It's like the Carlton dance, but then they just rename it to Fresh, and the kids were so impressed. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what that was it. I was gonna say, like, it, it reminds me, you know, when we were talking about that, you know, this past week, uh, the Big Bang Theory episode where they're like, they said something like that. They need to get exercise, and they're playing like Wii tennis or something. Yeah, they all like sweat ready to die i'm like really yeah go outside <laughs> exactly. you know so it's kind of cool that it gets the video game get them up and moving but it's like you're still standing in front of the tv inside fresh air you know of course the pessimist would be like well we'll just open some windows for fresh air it's like that's not the point that's not the point <laughs> not at all <laughs> go stand next to a tree go and enjoy do something. Life. yeah yeah go enjoy life it's beautiful outside you know Cool, man. All right. Well, as with, before you get going, as with every interview, uh, we end with 10 questions and these 10 questions were inspired by James Lipton and then Bernard Pivot. So you ready? Final 10 questions. Sure. Send them. <laughs> Number one, who is your hero? Ooh, I have to say the military fighting man and woman. There you go. Amen. What excites you? Ooh. A lot of things excite me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say this. I think uh, what excites me is, you know, just doing awesome things with the family that, you know, vacations or just hanging out with like, you know, you guys, whatever. I just, I just love being with the family. Yeah. What turns you off? Uh, unkind people. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite sound? 
Ooh. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know what? I'll say the ocean, mm. ocean waves lapping. It's Margaritaville. <laughs> what is your least favorite sound? Uh, somebody whining. Mm. What is your favorite quote or saying? Uh, I, I do have a few I liked. Um, I got known on the uh, FEMA deployments for always saying, get some. <laughs> Pretty partial to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, like, uh, you know, your goals are on the other side of hard work. That's, you know, that's one I try to, you know, I'm so, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to give you a few. You know, I, I always things in my head when, you know, everyone has, you know, their mind trying to play games on when they're doing something tough. And you know, I always thinking myself, you know, I can do this all day or, you know, never quit, you know, just stuff like that. Just keep me going. Embracing the suck. Hey, welcome to the suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in other words, what should a dad be? Uh, I think a dad should be uh, a true example of what a human being should be. And, uh, you know, by, you know, showing their family or their, you know, their, their kids, uh, how to be a kind and a strong man. Nice. In a couple of words, what should a dad not be? A uh, piece of shit. There you go. Sum it up real nice. <laughs> Could try any other profession. What would it be? Oof. That's that's a couple. I got a couple good ones. Uh, okay. Some kind of like special operator in the military, or uh, you know, some kind of like federal law enforcement. Okay, cool. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Uh, someone who gave their all to uh, you know to God, family, and country. Really nice. Can't ask for much more than that, right? No, not at all. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the Warrior Dads podcast. It's been an honor having you on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I'm glad we were finally able to glad we were finally able to make this work and do this. Yeah. I I appreciate it, man. Like I said, man, I'm very honored to be on here, especially with the big names you had on. You know, it's uh it's a true honor to, you know, be able to share the same podcast with them and for and with you. Because you know, you're Great person. You set a great example for your family and for your son. So thanks, man. Appreciate that. And, and as always with every veteran, thank you for your service. Uh, it was my honor to serve, man. Yeah, man. And you're still serving, you know, still, still in the fire department. Very, very lucky to do it. So. Very. Great. Yeah. Awesome, man. We'll have a good one. We will talk soon. And uh, again, thank you so much. No problem, cuz. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.